Um, morning, members. Um, morning, colleagues from the department. Mr. Roberts, um, can you test the system, please? Um, can you start sharing? Thank you, Saya. Can you see it? Not yet. Wait, not yet. Let's try again. during the process of the public hearings. Uh, members, um, you might be aware that I have sent you a letter from Advocate Prince uh, requesting an extension uh, for them to be consulting with the department on exemptions for cultural and religious purposes. I would like to make the following suggestions for consideration by the committee that we proceed today with the, with the responses from the department and we will only skip the part that deals with the the exemptions uh, for religious and cultural purposes and we allow the department and the rastafarian community up to the 8th of march 
to ensure that they 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 make their submissions um, bearing in mind that once this bill is passed by the national assembly it will go to the ncop and the whole process will start again the process of public hearings submissions and the people who have made presentation to the na they are as well entitled to make the the, the presentations uh, to the processes in the ncop uh, your views members uh, good morning, Chair. Thank you. I'm sorry, I was struggling to get admitted. Um, could you just briefly tell me what it is that you've just said? I missed it. Okay. I was saying that uh, we received a letter which I sent to all members from Advocate Prince. Oh, yes, uh, of course. Okay, I get it. Yeah. Yes. So I was generally uh, asking that um, we proceed today uh, with the responses from the department and then we only skip that cross that, that part that deals with uh, submission uh, that deals with uh, exemptions for religious and cultural purposes uh, we will deal with it after the 9th after the 8th of march we allow them time to make their submissions to the department because even when you look at the bill, the department has left that space open, uh, awaiting a, a response from the Rastafarian community. So I was proposing that we proceed with all other clauses, and then we leave that clause uh, that deals with the exceptions, and then we will the exemptions. Then we will deal with those after the eighth of uh, of March. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chair. I, I agree with you 100%. Thank you. Uh, when you finish with Mr. Swart, now um, just have a word, please. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much, Honorable Swart. No, no, Chair, I'm totally in support of your view. I think it was, it's an important consultation that needs to take place as well, but there will be uh, that opportunity to consult. I just also, um, so I support what you're saying. I also presume that Mr. Robertson will also give us feedback um, during his presentation on the other issues which we asked consultation about with professors and other departments about the possible negative impact on the use of cannabis on adolescents. I presume we'll get feedback um, during the course of, of today and tomorrow. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you very much. Honorable Swart, uh, if, I think uh, there's a problem with your audio. Uh, we are struggling to hear you. Uh, if you can just attend to it. Thank you very much. Um, any other view on this issue before we go to uh, Honorable Gretenbach? So we are all in agreement, members. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Gretenbach. Um, thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, I, I did mention to you previously, and, and I did in, inform Vonani, um, the, the DI has a new member on the committee. It's uh, Mr. Engelbrecht. Um, he is the he's been appointed as the shadow minister for correctional services. Um, so, if possible, I'd like him to switch on his camera so I can introduce him. As you can all see what he looks like. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
could you please switch on your camera and, and say good morning to everybody? Uh, it's Mr. Jana Ingelbrecht, he's from Gauteng province. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, I look, look very much forward to um, working with everyone uh, here. And I think that um, it's an it's a interesting yet uh, uh, busy portfolio, as I can see. And, but um, yes, uh, I will give my all to give uh, a, a, a good and well thought through uh, contribution wherever I can. Thank you very much. I look forward to it. No, thank you very much, Honorable Ergebach, and welcome to the Portfolio Committee of Justice and Correctional Services. Uh, we are really pleased that you have joined us. And we are also looking forward to be working with you and with all other members of the committee. Thank you very much. And thank you very much, Honorable Reitenbach, for bringing that to our attention. Uh, so that we can welcome the new member to our committee. Thanks, Mr. Chair. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Honorable Engelberg. Um, Mr. Roberts, uh, can you proceed? And the other issue members, can I ask that we adjourn at 20 past 12 um, for today? There is a meeting that has been called by the House chairpersons that will be dealing with the program and the bills that are before our committees. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Jason. Is there an objection to that? Most certainly not. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. We can proceed, Mr. Robertson. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairperson. Can I uh, you see happy, the document? Happy New Year. And Happy New Year. Thanks. Um, can the members see the document? No. Can, can you share again, Mr. Roberts? I took it off for the introductory part of the meeting. Can you share again? Thanks. Try again. The document yes. visible. Yes, we can see it now. Thank you, Mr. Chairperson. Uh, the document before the committee is basically a reworked uh, draft of the bill, um, taking into account uh, the comments and responses, um, and also consultations uh, that was done with uh, certain persons. Um, I'll discuss uh, part of, uh, or rather discuss the comments and responses in respect of which we had to consult with other persons uh, in conjunction with the clauses of the bill. So I'm going to start off now. Um, the first uh, proposal relates to the definitions in the bill, and that is of adult person. Um, in the comment and responses, there was indication by Professors Perry and Mayers uh, regarding the fact that uh, cannabis has uh, adverse impact on brain development of young adults and obviously also children. 
I did indicate uh, that other jurisdictions have got different age uh, restrictions on the sharing, or rather the commercialization of cannabis in the respective uh, jurisdictions. Um, I did refer the committee, amongst others, to applicable South African legislation, the Bika Act and the Tobacco Act. Uh, Mr. Roberts, I think yes. there's also a problem with your audio. We can't hear you properly. Uh, Mr. Jefferson, it's probably our internet at work. Uh, I'm going over to a 3G card. Let's see how we can proceed on that basis. So can you give you two minutes to, to make the change over? Please. Okay. Thanks. Mr. Chairperson, let's try again. Can you hear me better now? Much better. Okay. Uh, let me start again. Um, the first proposal, uh, or rather the first revision of the bill that has been considered relates to the definition of adult person, which is currently stipulated to define in the Act as a person who is 18 years or older. Uh, I did, or rather in the comments that were received, mainly from Professor Mayers, um, this has been an indication to the effect that cannabis affects brain development Brain development continues until a person is 25 years of age. In the responses to the comments, um, the department did refer to other jurisdictions um, to indicate what is uh, the age limit uh, from which a person may use cannabis. Most of the foreign jurisdictions uh, is either 18 years of age or 21 years of age. I did refer to applicable or comparable South African legislation, namely the Dicker Act and the Tobacco Controls Act, which currently still uh, regard the person as an adult if he's 18 years or older. During consultations with Professor Perry, um, he reiterated what he said in his submissions, namely that uh, cannabis adversely affects young adults up to 25 years of age. Um, and I did request him to make a proposal regarding probable uh, restriction uh, that can be placed on persons that is allowed to use cannabis in terms of the bill. <laughs> indicated firstly that uh, uh, most states in the United States set a 20 years age limit. Uh, it also further indicated that uh, if that is not acceptable, it may be restricted to 19 years of age. 
and he indicated that uh, most people who have finished uh, uh, the school years by that age. So a proposal is made as an option uh, in the bill that uh, we can consider to update the age limit to 21 years of age or as an alternative, we can probably also consider 19 years of age. I must indicate that uh, similar amendments were proposed to the Liquor Act, namely to raise uh, the age of persons that is allowed to use liquor to 21 years of age. And uh, that legislation has never been finalized. So, Two options, or rather three options, is before the committee. First, that we uh, define adult person as is the position currently in most legislation as a person who is 18 years or older. Second option is to define it as a person 21 years or older. Third option, we may define it as an adult person who is 19 years or older. Uh, going to continue uh, relating to the definition of cannabis. It's the next uh, definition that we considered. Sorry, and Mr. Roberts. Uh, so just hold it a bit. Uh, members, I, am, uh, I would like to be guided. Um, would you want to discuss as we move along or you'll just be listening to the uh, to the responses. Then, when we come in March, then we do the deliberations. Or, or you would rather have some discussions taking place so that we are able to guide the drafters. Okay, smart. Honourable Swart. I hope you can hear me clearer now. Um, I I think we need to have discussions as we're going along because there are a number of very important issues um, and rather than have a total uh, presentation and one might use the points that we are making, I see there are a number of hands up already on, on this particular issue. So maybe we can hear what other members say, but maybe we should discuss the, some of these very important issues as we are uh, presented. Thank you. Okay. Um, uh, Honorable Swart, uh, your audio is still uh, a bit problematic. I know you have strong views on this bill, so it will be important that we hear you properly. If you can uh, try and attend to, to your audio. Um, is there any view that is contrary to what Honorable Swart has raised? I see none. So can we proceed along those lines? So can we have a discussion on the adult person, the age, whether it's 18, 19, or 21? Okay, may I continue on that issue? Yes, please. Please just tell me if you can't hear me, then I will come back to the later stage and try an alternate device. I just, um, this does raise a critical issue that we have from the ACDP side raised our concerns about the whole impact on the bill 
and our broader opposition because of the impact on children, on adolescents, on society. Now, whilst I, I would welcome an increase up to 21 years, I don't know if this covers the challenges um, that one faces. And I think this is where the further consultations, deliberations must come in because the approach of the department is that they do not deal with harm necessarily caused. That's dealt by other departments and other pieces of legislation, such as the Prevention of and Treatment of, uh, Act for Substance Abuse Act. That's other departments. But we as legislators have to take that into consideration when we pass in this bill, what is the impact on broader society? So I just want to flag that issue that we have, that, that is one of the main reasons for our strong views on this book. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Stuart. Could you hear uh, me clearly, Jay? Yes, we did. I, I did, but uh, with a lot of strain. Okay. Yes. Um, so if I understand you correctly, Mr. Swar Honorable Swart, you are saying that um, uh, you have those concerns, but for now, uh, with respect to this discussion on the elder person, you would settle for 21 years. Yes, with those other concerns, thank you. Yes, and then uh, the other concerns will, will be discussed as we deliberate on the bill. I think um, as we go down, I think there are other areas that would try and raise those issues of which I think we would need to come back to some of the concerns that you have raised so that we check if there are any responses. Um, members, there is a suggestion of 21. Okay. Oh, Honorable Yako, it's, it's a pleasure to see you back <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I think uh, with regards to this discussion, um, 18 seems to be uh, what in South Africa is an, an adult age. So um, I'm not sure if we should oscillate between 21 and 18. But to me, 18 seems to be a standard um, age and it would be strange for me to deviate from that. Okay. Thank you very much, Honorable Yako. Uh, other members? Yeah. Honorable Horn? I, I don't know whether the, the raise hand function is not shown, showing at your side. Um, yeah, yeah um, uh, but I, I, I see your hand now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Chair. Yeah, look, firstly, I think in terms of the way this is phrased, I think we must be careful in the sense that the Honourable Yaku, yeah, let me say this. I think the Honourable Yaku is quite correct in that I think it's now settled in South Africa that you are deemed to be an adult at the age of 18. So therefore, if we are then to consider a proposal to, to use an increased age of 21 years, I don't think it should be done in a way that where we define an adult person to be a person of 21 years. I think then, then the whole way in which it is phrased will have to be redrafted. So that's the first issue. The, the second issue on a matter of, of, of ultimately deciding what is the way forward, I want to, to, 
to raise the issue of whether we should be guided in this sense by a single input. So it is in, in saying that I'm not downplaying the value of the input of the professor who said, but the one thing this parliament should consider is the, the, the fact that brain function and capability is developed until the age of 25, and therefore one should consider whether lawful usage of cannabis should be allowed before that. Um, but for us to place ultimately a reliance on a single input in this regard, I would find problematic. So I don't know whether the department in, in preparing responses were able to look into the scientific views of others um, in order to guide us. But, and if not, uh, I don't know what the way forward is, whether we should ultimately then from our side source other views. But if the, the whole issue of developmental capacity and the impact of cannabis use is going to be the, the yardstick by which we approach this, I think we should um, trust science as it stands rather than, than one opinion. Thanks. Thank you very much, Honorable Swart. Are there any other views before I allow Mr. Robertson to respond? Yes, please, Chair, my hand is up. Oh, okay, Honorable Regenbach. Uh, thank you, um, Mr. Chair. Uh, yes, I'm partially covered by Honorable Horn. I, I agree fully that um, uh, we won't be able to define an adult as somebody older than 18 because an adult is already defined as 18 and older. Um, and I, I do uh, really want to align myself with the view that uh, I think we need um, more in-depth research about the effects and, and brain development before we, before we just take a sort of a decision almost in limbo about it. So I'm, I'm certainly not <clears throat> disparaging, <clears throat> excuse me, disparaging the, uh, the information that we have nor the source there are, uh, but I do think that we need to uh, cover that a whole lot more um, effectively before, before we take a decision like that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, members, you should bear with me. It's difficult for me to see your hands um, because of the slides. Is there any member who has raised his, his or her hand? Uh, yes, Chair. Yes, uh, Honorable Janji, is it Honorable Janji? Uh, no, Chair. This is Debo um, Khotlopani from the, uh, uh, the Cannabis Student Association, Chair. No, this, uh, the time for public hearings is now over. Uh, people who are allowed to speak during this process as members of parliament. Uh, I wasn't aware of that, Chair, but thank you for the notification. No, thank you very much, Mr. Tropane. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. But you will still have the opportunity to raise your issues uh, when the bill goes to the NCOP. Public hearings are going to be invited again. Um, any thank other... You. Thank you. Any other views, members? Okay, Mr. Robertson? Chair. Oh, oh Honorable Janji? No, Chair, I, I, I support uh, the colleagues so that were on the, on the side of caution uh, on, on this matter, that uh, uh, more in-depth uh, work be done, mm -hmm. and, and because there's got to be very good reasons why 
you would uh, ignore 18 and go to 21 uh, in the definition of this adulthood. So I think as a committee, we'll be better off to to give ourselves time and, 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 and get a, a, a proper definition of this, which is not one dimensional in its nature. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Honorable Chanche. Um, Mr. Roberts, I think uh, you the direction from the members is quite clear. Um, any preliminary responses before you you go back to work on this issue? Uh, take into consideration what has been raised by members. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairperson. Um, during our discussions with Professor Perry, he did indicate that um, he will make new research available that was done in America regarding the impact of cannabis on the brain development um, on young persons. So I'm awaiting that response. Um, and uh, I can probably not take it further at this stage. Uh, the second definition to be considered relates no, to Mr. the definition no, of Mr. cannabis. Mr. Roberts, eh? I, personally, I would have a bit of a problem that you are going to be relying still on one person to give you um, a, a research uh, that, I mean, quite clearly, she, she will give you a research that favors uh, her, her worldview. Um, I do think that you should you should consider a wide range of uh, research on this issue, not uh, not the person who has advanced a particular view, and then you just rely on that one to to say she must further give you further evidence or further research. Mr. Robertson? Uh, Mr. Jefferson, sorry, um, it's noted. Um, I do think uh, research is quite important uh, since uh, America is one of uh, its research that was conducted in America. So um, it is research that uh, is independent from Professor Perry. I also do think that uh, it's probably the only research that was conducted. There are views available on the internet regarding the impact of uh, cannabis on young persons, but it's not uh, a scientific and research document. So that is probably the only document. My view, on the other hand, is as a provisional view, is to the effect that uh, an adult in South Africa is 18 years of age, and uh, we shouldn't likely deviate um, from uh, the age of adulthood that is set by other legislation. Uh, I will consider other inputs as well as uh, the research that uh, Professor Perry will give to me, and um, I will go broader if I can. Uh, and make any recommendation in this regard. Going um, further then, the next definition to be considered is that of cannabis. Uh, two aspects uh, that is addressed in the new redrafted definition. 
The first is uh, the definition that cannabis consists out of flowering or fruiting tops and leaves of a cannabis plant. Uh, the proposed option here omit leaves from paragraph A of that definition. Um, and that is mainly due to the fact that um, leaves only contain trace elements of uh, THC. Um, a drug effect on a person. So I would propose that we omit leaves um, from uh, the definition of cannabis in paragraph A. I can also refer the committee members, amongst others, to the commentary on the 1961 Single Convention on Narcotic Drugs, uh, where it actually indicates that uh, leaves should not form part of uh, a definition of cannabis uh, in that convention. Uh, and that's mainly also on a basis that it contains minimal amounts of THC. The second amendment to the definition of cannabis that is proposed would relate to uh, paragraph B, and that is in relation to a substance. Uh, comments were previously raised that uh, the department should consider um, a minimum amount what the substance should contain. Uh, and that's obviously quite relevant to, amongst others, the offenses in Section 5 that criminalize the consumption of cannabis in a private place and also in relation to the offences that is created in Clause 6 that deals with uh, the administration of cannabis to a minor. Um, and to determine a appropriate amount of THC is quite problematic uh, in this instance. If one look at uh, the regulations made in terms of the Medicines Act, one will see that uh, the 2020 regulations amend Schedule 6 of the Medicines Act to more or less indicate that uh, it excludes, uh, THC excludes cannabis containing 0.001% THC or less if it's for, in terms of a product uh, that is used uh, by an adult person. Uh, in respect of raw plant material uh, and uh, process products that's manufactured for non-adult use, uh, a limit of 0.2% uh, THC is specified uh, in uh, the product. Uh, my submission is that 0.1% uh, or rather 0.001% uh, restriction in that regulation is unworkable uh, for purposes of this act. That is more or less was indicated that it only contained trace amounts of THC. 
It's further submitted that the 0.2% quantity of THC um, can more readily be used um, in terms of that, uh, the definition in terms of this bill. To quantify what is a THC product. Um, one must also take into account that uh, cannabis is regulated here mainly for private purposes. Um, and uh, it's probably more, uh, probably better to specify a, how, uh, uh, sorry, a quantity of, but it, one must take into account that uh, if hemp regulations or legislation is uh, to be enacted, um, this provision may impact on that. Um, specify a quantity of up to 0.5% um, in this regard. So that is the amendments to the definition of cannabis proposed to the committee as a, as a second option. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, any views, members? I didn't quite understand, Mr. Robertson, where he referred to the 0.2% as being unworkable. I'd like clarity, because that obviously relates to the challenge, as you point out in your note about hemp and South, Af South African conditions for hemp, where the 0.2% might be too low, considering South African conditions as opposed to other conditions. Um, uh, can I just have greater clarity. Are you suggesting 0.2% or are you saying it is unworkable as many other uh, members in the industry of, in the hemp industry have said 0.2% is unworkable? Thank you, Honorable Swart. Any other view? Here is Werner Horn speaking. Honorable Horn. Yeah, Jay, I would just like Mr. Roberts, to to comment, and and I know it is something that that we as a committee has been acutely aware of, and that is the fact that this bill is is, is on the one hand the product of a constitutional court judgment, and therefore has this narrow focus of um, regulating the private use of cannabis. Um, in South Africa, and then we, on the other hand, were acutely aware during the public participation process that parallel to that, there is this dire need for wholesale regulation of the cannabis industry. And now, luckily, we know uh, from SONA that, that that is a process that will be unfolding. So I would just like Mr. Roberts to also give some guidance and advice as to what extent does this definition speak strictly to us then in adopting this bill, hopefully one day, uh, sticking to the brief received by the Constitutional Court, and to what extent does this also then go a bit further and talk about uh, regulation issues in general and and whether 
the the definition as it now stands is necessary in order to just satisfy the constitutional court judgment. Thanks. Thank you, Honorable Hon. Any other member? Mr. Robertson. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairperson. First, in relation to Mr. Swat, um, questions uh, that he raised. Um, first, 0.001% restriction is completely unworkable. That's trace elements. Um, regarding the 0.2% quantity limitation, uh, one must remember that uh, amongst others, in the bill, there is offenses that indicate a person may not consume cannabis um, in a public place. Um, one must also take into account that uh, most cannabis oils that the Currently, so probation in them. Mr. Robertson, yes. Can you change your device? Uh, we are struggling to hear you. Give me a minute. Okay. Uh, Mr. Chairperson, is it better? Yes, better. Start again. Uh, I did indicate the 0.001% THC limitation is unworkable. That is mainly anything that contains a trace amount of THC. The 0.10 quantity limitation, uh, it will amount to a prohibition in terms of the Medicines Act, since it cannot be used for, uh, by, a pro, by a person. It cannot be consumed by them. Um, further, the 0.2% THC uh, also emanates from an amendment in the, uh, to the 1961 Convention. The uh, substance containing 0.2% THC should be excluded from international control. The unworkability of the 0.2% THC in the context of the bill is that the aims of the bill is mainly to regulate personal use of a substance containing THC. And one can actually ask... Uh, uh, how much must be consumed by a person um, to get on a cannabis high? Uh, and I did indicate that one can probably consider a 0.5% THC limitation in this regard, uh, since it more or less tried to address a substance that has got a drug effect. So unworkability in this context 
mainly relates to the aims, what uh, the definition seeks to achieve in the context of the law. Uh, I must admit, yes, uh, insofar as it relates to the offences uh, relating to children, 0.2% uh, THC limitation uh, should be considered, but for purposes of clause 5, uh, it should probably be increased to a higher limitation uh, in respect of that offence. Uh, regarding the question of Mr. Horn, I couldn't hear everything that he asked, so I just want to ask him to repeat it, please. Mr. Horn? I think after Mr. Horn, after Mr. Horn, Honorable Jaila would like to also uh, make a contribution. Yeah. Now, I, I was asking Mr. Roberts to what extent this definition is uh, necessitated by the purpose of this bill, and that's the to to to, uh, to allow for the lawful private use of cannabis. And to what extent does it possibly go a bit further into uh, the terrain of regulating the cannabis industry? Something which we were quite aware during the the public participation, which is a necessity and which from SONA we know will be undertaken now, if not by this department, by, our, by, by other departments. Um, so if you could just advise that this definition is strictly necessary for the purposes of this bill and do not go a bit further. Thank you. Thank you very much. Honorable Jala. I think uh, earlier... I wanted to make a contribution when I was covered that uh, more research would be done and then you'll get uh, more uh, opinions on this matter for now. Um, I'm still covered. It was earlier when I wanted to make a contribution. Thank you. My, my apologies, Honorable Jela. I did not see your hands uh, and my apologies. Um, uh, Mr. Robertson? Uh, thank you, Mr. Jeperson. Um, regarding the open 2%, um, the bill currently specifies in relation to hemp that it must be um, a plant containing a percentage of THC that is specified by other legislation that regulates hemp. If one looks at, uh, amongst others, New Zealand legislation, uh, Australia legislation in respect of him, one will see that a higher amount of THC um, has been determined uh, in respect of him. I think in some Australian jurisdictions, it's up to uh, 1% THC. Regarding the possible impact may have on uh, other legislation that regulates commercialization, it's mainly to the effect that it uh, provides for a limit uh, on any cannabis product containing THC. Um, it may not be very workable in terms of commercialization, where one actually do sell a product that um, 
must contain THC, get a drug high. Um, so it's just that it may be considered as a limitation. Though on future developments on cannabis. Um, it is correct that uh, the bill is uh, intermediate. It can be amended at a later stage by other legislation. Uh, and even for purposes of the bill, we try to regulate uh, harmful effects of THC. And uh, to that extent, a 0.2% limitation, uh, one may well ask the question, what effect can such a substance induce on a person? Um, so that's mainly my response. Thanks. Thank you. Are you clarified, Honorable Hon? No, whilst I must admit I'm in no way an expert, I... I, I do think I followed. <laughs> thank you, Chair. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Um, we are not going to be making definite positions for now. I think um, members are going to reflect on what has been said. And then when we come back on the 9th, 8th or 9th, uh, we will start uh, to deliberate. I think members would have applied themselves. Can we proceed to the next one? Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairperson. Uh, the next definition is that of cannabis plant. Uh, there's no option proposed. I just want to point out that um, the flowers and fruiting tops that actually do contain THC is mainly produced by a female plant. Uh, it's, however, uh, it's the definition of cannabis plant cannot be drafted in a manner that indicate that it only relates to um, a female cannabis plants due to the fact that there are um, instances where there is plants that contain both uh, male and female flowers. So it's mainly just explanation to indicate uh, why cannabis plant has not been um, defined. Uh, in relation to a female cannabis plant. Um, then the next definition is that of child. Um, my submission is that uh, amendments to this definition can be considered at a later stage um, if we clarify uh, the allowable age limit um, under which a person may consume and use cannabis. Uh, regarding the definition of commercial quantity, uh, option is proposed that mainly clarifies uh, the definition further in relation to the trafficable quantity definition. And uh, it is the amendments that is proposed to this definition indicates that it is the prescribed quantity in column three and any quantity in the um, dried cannabis uh, is the following definition. Um, 
to which uh, additional or option is proposed. And uh, the new definition is to remove leads um, from dried cannabis. Uh, and that is as a result of what was discussed previously, namely that leaves contain uh, minute amounts of THC only. Um, there's also a proposal that the definition of fresh cannabis should be amended then to exclude leaves from that definition. Um, regarding the definition of immature cannabis plant, um, it is currently defined that it is a plant um, that is taller than 15 centimeters or wider than 15 centimeters. Um, and it was indicated previously by the committee that uh, this is an workable uh, indicator. Um, and I did indicate previously uh, that the height and width indicator was there to distinguish it from an immature cannabis plant. Uh, I did revise the definition, and uh, it's my submission that uh, this indicator of 15 centimeters may be removed from the definition definition of pure cannabis plant. Um, I will further deal with this definition where I deal with the definition of a seedling. Members, uh, any comment on this one? Uh, you can proceed. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairperson. Uh, although the current definition of seedling still contains the 15 centimeter uh, indicator to distinguish it from an immature cannabis plant, it's my submission that uh, it can be increased to at least 30 centimeters. Um, this is necessary due to the fact that the person that uh, possesses seedlings does not possess the immature cannabis plant. And there's different to seedlings and immature cannabis plants. Although the current definition do specify 15 centimeters be amended uh, or rather it be extended to at least 30 centimeters. Uh, in relation to uh, immature cannabis plant, um, there is a need for this differentiation. Um, and uh, the remainder of the definition uh, stays the same, especially that it must be a non-flowering cannabis plant uh, to qualify uh, a seedling from an immature cannabis plant. And in most instances, uh, a 30 centimeter cannabis plant uh, will not be flowering, and even if a person do cultivate it mainly in uh, enclosure where they 
can grow or produce flowers at the 30 centimeter height, uh, it's adequately covered by the fact that it must be a non-flowering cannabis plant, meaning not containing cannabis that uh, can induce a drug effect. Thank you. I don't see any hands. I'll continue. So the decision that you require there is between 15 and 30 centimeters. Uh, that's correct, and I will propose that it rather be increased to 30 centimeters. Regarding the width, I must further explain that it's possible to uh, cultivate a cannabis plant uh, that grows similar to, amongst others, a pumpkin or other ranking plant. Uh, the next definition to be considered is the option to smoke. Um, in the comment and responses, uh, there was an indication that uh, the definition of smoke do not cover or doesn't cover vaping, and the definition is mainly amended uh, to include or rather to provide for vaping, uh, which is covered by paragraph B, which uh, specify it as to inhale or exhale vapor or aerosol of a cannabis produced by a vaping device, holding or otherwise having control of a vaping device producing vapor or aerosol. Thank you. Can I continue? You proceed. Uh, next definition is the option to trafficable quantity. Uh, the amendments is mainly to clarify that definition further in relation to a commercial quantity. Um, definitions to be inserted. We didn't take this into account. And uh, it has not been inserted in the bill. Regarding subclause two, uh, subclause two provides for um, authorization under which person cannabis plants or cannabis product uh, or otherwise cultivate cannabis plants. Um, there's mainly a discussion regarding commercialization that is given here. And um, the committee uh, is probably aware that various commentators did propose commercialization. Um, I can also even refer to Professors Perry and Mayer that indicate that uh, the current services available to persons that uh, is a cannabis addict um, is actually dwindling. There's not enough resources available. There's a need for public education regarding the arms of cannabis. And there's a need for improved population monitoring uh, to deal with the associated arms of cannabis. 
I can also refer to the comment of the South African Medical Association to the effect that uh, they actually caution um, South Africa regarding ongoing decriminalization, but they also urges then that there should be available resources um, to cater for treatment and prevention and harm reduction in respect of cannabis, in this context mainly uh, rather drugs, in this context mainly cannabis. Uh, I can also refer the committee to various, the comments of various commentators um, who indicated that uh, the practical Implementation of the bill uh, may have certain shortcomings and it relates mainly to the policing thereof. Uh, the committee was briefed about uh, cannabis master plan um, that supports commercialization of both cannabis and hemp. And uh, there's been documents where at the previous stage uh, was made available to the committee that discusses uh, the various uh, models of cannabis regulation. And I did indicate that Canada, Uruguay, and amongst others, uh, various states in the United States implemented a commercial model for cannabis regulation. And uh, the reasons for that uh, model is mainly that. Uh, The current uh, regime to control drugs um, is not very effective. And uh, other assumptions uh, on which such a model for cannabis regulation were implemented is amongst others that many persons who consume cannabis do not self-cultivate, but buy it on the black market and that in turn promote to illegal cultivation, illegal black markets, organized crime, uh, distribution of cannabis to children, since it's mainly unregulated. Uh, the distributors of cannabis use children to deal in cannabis. Um, in many instances, cannabis is distributed that is laced with harmful substances. Um, and uh, there's various other types of criminal conduct that goes with uh, dealing in drugs on the black market. To the assumption that they use to substantiate their decision, amongst others, is that uh, prohibition mainly enrich criminal organizations and uh, it places substantial financial burden on the state to deal with the harmful effects of cannabis uh, and there's no appropriate quote to deal with it uh, and they also did indicate that uh, a commercial model as the potential to ensure that many illegal activities are curbed also makes it less profitable, profitable for criminals to deal with cannabis. It ensures a product that is safe 
ensures that uh, the proceeds that are obtained through illegal selling of cannabis are diverted from criminals, mainly to government, to deal with harmful effects of cannabis. Uh, they did indicate that the commercial model ensures that statistics uh, of the extent of cannabis consumption are available to government. We can then uh, evaluate that and implement appropriate responses to the arms of cannabis. And they also indicate that uh, commercial model make it easier for government uh, to implement certain measures uh, to deal with uh, harm reduction. Um, a further assumption is that um, it actually commercialization will uh, provide for job creation uh, and it will stimulate the economy. Uh, Further assumption was that the criminal law has no right to interfere with the person's behavior if it does not cause harm to another. Uh, they did indicate that uh, the current regulatory measure to deal with uh, cannabis regulation, where it relates to prohibition, actually just ensures that more uh, funds are obtained by criminal organizations. Uh, and obviously to address um, drugs under a prohibition system uh, requires substantial financial resources and that can also probably be set in terms uh, of the bill. The bill is to be enforced in police. It will require substantial resources. They did indicate that cannabis is a soft drug and uh, should not be subject to the same harsh control measures uh, currently imposed by uh, the drug conventions. And uh, it's my submission that if uh, a commercial model for cannabis regulation uh, in South Africa is implemented, it can be justified on similar grounds. As that, I'm not going to go or specify each and every contention in that regard. But I must indicate that one of the big issues here is uh, our obligations in terms of the international drug control regime. Uh, currently, previously in the committee, I did indicate that uh, the current bill uh, is not an appropriate instrument um, to deal with cannabis legalization in the context of a commercial model. But uh, there is a possibility that uh, the bill can be amended uh, to an extent that ensures that regulations may be made to regulate cannabis uh, commercialization in terms of the bill through subordinate legislation. I must however indicate that uh, we do require the buy-in of other appropriate departments 
amongst others, the Department of Trade and Industry, the uh, Department of Social Development, Department of Health, and Department of Agriculture, if uh, this is considered as an option uh, to implement cannabis commercialization. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Robertson. Any comments, members? Honorable Sort, are you covered? Yeah. Honorable Juan? Well, the Honorable Swart is strangely silent. Um, if I may, um, I think that um, the point that this bill is not suitable to, to even, even on a temporary or interim basis regulate the com commercialization of cannabis or the industry, um, I think that point is well made and, and that ultimately was the sense I formed while listening to the different views of, of those who presented during the public participation phase and while not discounting the, the dire need for regulation, um, I, the reality is that, that this bill, in my view, is not the vehicle. Um, we ha now have the announcement that it is on its way. Uh, so looking towards that very last paragraph in which Mr. Roberts suggests that maybe as a, a stopgap measure, regulations could be uh, used to, to enable something. Uh, the difficulty I'm having with that is that the 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 public participation just showed how complex this whole issue is. And that any attempt to, on an interim basis, allow for, for commercialization through regulations may ultimately be counterproductive. Um, so whilst having a lot of sympathy for those who, who, who are looking towards parliament to to embark on this overdue process of, of regulation. Ultimately, I must say that I think ours at this stage is to stick to, to the narrow purpose of, of, of the bill based on the constitutional court judgment. Thanks. Thank you, uh, Honorable Horn. Any other hands? Mr. Robertson. Mr. Robertson. Thank you, Mr. Chairperson. Um, uh, the next um, paragraph um, relates to a call. Can you hear me? No, uh, maybe uh, you can change your project again. 
Is it better now? Hello? It's Thank you, Mr. Chairperson. Uh, I continue then, and that relates uh, next clause is quantities for person used by adult. Um, the only amendments or amendment uh, that is proposed uh, to the current provision relates to subclause three. And uh, the clause do not provide or uh, give guidance with, uh, for a time period within which it may be exchanged. Uh, and previously I did indicate that uh, the exchange under this uh, sub-clause is per occasion. And... Um, the amendment mainly address this aspect by inserting the word or other words per occasion uh, in subclause three. Uh, a more extensive amendment uh, to clause two relates to self-medication and requirements in excess of prescribed quantities where a person wishes to self-medicate and probably require uh, a quantity of cannabis or cannabis plants that exceed the prescribed quantity. The new proposed subclause 4 provides for self-medication and is uh, to the prescribed quantities. Uh, and it provides that uh, adult person who has been issued with a certificate by an authorized person in which it is certified that he or she is a person who requires palliation or is a person that suffers from um, a moderate or severe chronic debilitating physical or mental health condition. Uh, and to attempt to self-medicate, may for personal use, cultivate, obviously, again, prescribed quantities of cannabis plants, may possess a prescribed quantity in a public place, and uh, possess, um, and that quantity is in excess of the current prescribed quantities. It further provides that uh, an adult person who is a person that requires palliation or suffers from an illness may also obtain uh, quantities of cannabis without consideration that exceeds the prescribed quantities. And the criminalization in subsection three would also not apply to other other person who furnish or give that uh, or the give that quantities yeah, that exceeds the prescribed quantities to such an other person. Uh, further, 
amendment is mainly to the effect that an adult person in, uh, in subsection, or rather paragraph A, may in private, in a public place, use cannabis. That's obviously seen as a measure to facilitate self-treatment. Uh, and the certificate that must be issued uh, must be in a prescribed form and contain the prescribed information. Sorry. Mr. Chairperson, can you hear me? Yes, we can. can you? D provides that uh, the, the certificate is, okay. Paragraph D provides for a certificate with uh, prescribed information that needs to be issued and uh, amendments to the regulation enabling provision provides uh, for the making of such regulations in conjunction with the Cabinet Minister of Health. To clarify it further, there's definitions in the current provision who defines uh, who is the authorized person, and that's a psychiatrist contains a new definition in private use to provide uh, or facilitate self-medication of a person. And that definition indicates that uh, in private use means to consume cannabis in a manner that conceals it um, from public view. And uh, you can even smoke cannabis in a public place in contravention of Section 5.1 um, and other prohibitions in Section 5.2-5. But it must be... Uh, in a place that is concealed from public view. And uh, the prohibitions that, uh, that is uh, contained in clauses 5, 2 to 5 is still applicable to it, which actually is restricted to certain places. You cannot smoke it in the uh, near adult person or a child or at such a place that may cause hindrance uh, to other persons. Uh, there's a definition of person who requires palliation, and uh, it's defined as a person when of an authorized person as an advanced progressive by the end of this definition of self-medicium cannabis uh, in order to palliate pain or suffering uh, of a person that requires palliation and in respect of an uh, adult person who suffers from a chronic uh, illness to treat or mitigate the physical or mental conditions or the symptoms thereof. Um, so that is the new option 
that is proposed, I must indicate there is consequential amendments uh, that needs to be affected. That's mainly in Schedule 3 to prescribe quantities for purposes of this clause. Uh, I did indicate uh, the possible prescribed quantities that may be considered. I'm not going to go through it. Uh, there's also a need for amendments to clause three, four, and five, and obviously the amendment to clause nine to provide for uh, regulations pertaining to the certificate. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Robertson. Uh, any comments, members? Um, no. Uh, can we have a 10 minutes break, comfort break until 11 o'clock? And uh, can you use that time, Mr. Robert said, to deal with your gadgets? Because sometimes we struggle to hear you. Uh, Mr. Chairperson, I'll try to deal with it. Thank you. Can we come back at 11? Thank you. All right.
Uh, welcome back. Uh, let us proceed. Thank you, Mr. Chairperson. Thank you, Mr. Chairperson. I hope it's better. Yes, it's better now. Thank you, Mr. Chairperson. Um, clause three um, of the bill mainly deals with cultivation offences. Um, amendments to this clause mainly emanates from comments that uh, the penalties that may be imposed uh, in terms of the bill uh, in respect of certain contraventions of the Act is extremely harsh. Um, a further amendment that is affected to this clause uh, relates to the fact that uh, no flowering cannabis plants may be shared uh, between adult persons. Um, the first amendment relates to subclause one, and that is in relation to paragraph A, where uh, the clause of penalty that may be imposed uh, uh, is restricted uh, to a clause. D, penalty or offence. Paragraph B is further amended uh, to provide that a contravention uh, of a trafficable quantity of cannabis plants will only emanate to a Class C offence. In respect of a commercial quantity of cannabis plants, um, the current offence classification, namely a Class A offence, is being maintained. Um, in the schedule to the bill, um, there's also certain amendments to accommodate um, this aspect, uh, which I probably, which I will discuss later on, I think, when we do deal with that. But um, in respect of a commercial quantity, um, the prescribed limit um, is still the equivalent of 10 flowering cannabis plants um, in respect of a person. I'm going to stop there. Thanks. Thank you. Members, any comments or questions? Can you proceed? Thank you, Mr. Chairperson. The second amendment relates to subclause two, and uh, the clause is amended to take out the provisions that requires that a person must take reasonable measures to ensure that cannabis, cannabis plants is inaccessible to a child. Uh, that is in relation to comments that it's better uh, to prescribe that by regulation. So the amendment to subclause 2 um, therefore requires that uh, a person who cultivates cannabis plants must comply with the requirements and standards uh, prescribed by regulation. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairperson. 
Um, Subclause 4 is amended. Um, and that deals with uh, the criminalization where a person exchange without remuneration uh, cannabis plants to a, another person. Paragraph A is amended to make the clause D offense uh, where a person exceeds the prescribed quantity. Um, in respect of a trafficable quantity, it's now um, degraded to rather uh, made a class C offense. And in respect of a commercial quantity of cannabis plants, uh, the current classification as a class A offense is being maintained. Um, there is also uh, some amendments to the schedule. Um, which make the gap between a trafficable quantity and a commercial quantity uh, higher. I'm going to proceed further. Uh, option five uh, is with the position in a private place, uh, sorry, in a public place of uh, certain cannabis plants. Uh, and uh, the class A offense, which deals with uh, the possession in a public place of a cannabis plant that exceeds uh, a prescribed quantity, uh, is guilty uh, of a class D offense. So it has been. Recording in progress. Um, Trafficable quantity of immature cannabis plants is lowered to a class C offense, and the commercial quantity of immature cannabis plants uh, remains a class A offense. Uh, other amendment relates to subclause six. And that uh, deal with the current offense that provides that a person who deals in immature cannabis plant is guilty uh, of uh, offense, which is now prescribed as a class D offense. New offenses that has been added uh, to the subclause is that of a trafficable quantity of immature cannabis plants, which is a uh, Class C offense and a commercial quantity of immature cannabis plants, which is a class A offense. And uh, the main aim thereof is to soften the harsh penalties that may be imposed in terms of this bill. Indicate that there is certain consequential amendments that still needs to be affected. Uh, to this clause, and that deals with uh, 
the exchange of flowering cannabis plants uh, and the position in a public place of a flowering cannabis plant, and the also, uh, which also requires certain amendments to Schedule 4 uh, to the bill. Um, that will be presented at a later stage to the committee. Uh, I'll finish with this clause. Next clause is cannabis offenses. That is in clause four of the bill. The clause mainly remains the same. The only amendment uh, that is affected there too is in respect of subclause three, which uh, removes paragraph A from the clause. Um, that, uh, that uh, provides for offence if a person fails to store cannabis in a secure place inaccessible to a child. Uh, in the response to comments that were received, uh, it was proposed that uh, the storing of cannabis in a secure place inaccessible to a child should be regulated by regulation. And uh, the amendment mainly gives effect to that comment. Uh, I'll finish with this clause. Can I proceed? Proceed. Uh, clause five deals with smoking uh, and smoking and consumption offences. Um, Subclause one um, criminalizes uh, the smoking or consumption of cannabis in a public place. Uh, there were comments uh, to the effect that uh, you need to specify uh, the minimum quantity of THC that a cannabis product must contain. And it's my submission that the, definition, the amended definition of cannabis caters for this. So it's probably not necessary to specify uh, the consumption of cannabis products in excess of a certain amount of THC. Uh, that's the only amendment to this clause. If there's no comment, I'll proceed to the next uh, provision. Um, clause six deals with offenses involving a child. Uh, during the public consultation process, uh, or rather when we presented the comment and responses um, to the committee, uh, a question was raised on um, the effect of cannabis on uh, pregnant uh, women and uh, uh, the unborn child. Uh, and we requested to submit uh, certain research in this regard uh, to the committee. Uh, the, the department uh, uh, made the internet search, and obviously there were available um, articles in this regard. I can, amongst others, refer to marijuana use in pregnancy, and that is by 
Dr. Rebecca Thompson, Catherine de Jong, and Jamil Lowe. But uh, the conclusion that was reached by the learned authors is to the effect that uh, the research is currently incomplete and it's not, um, they didn't make a, a scientific evaluation of uh, the effects of cannabis on uh, pregnant women or the child, unborn child. There's also uh, the article um, named Cannabis Used During Pregnancy and, and Psychiatric Disorders. Um, that was conducted, amongst others, by uh, Carlos Ronquero. Again, um, the finding was that uh, there's not available information in this regard, but they did indicate that uh, cannabis may have uh, some effects on uh, a child or a fetus, um, and the effects is mainly uh, symptoms of ADHD. But again, I must indicate that uh, the research is rather inconclusive. Um, uh, there is uh, also certain information that was obtained that, uh, amongst others, indicate that it may affect folic acid uptake, uh, cellular growth, and the neural development of the fetus. Uh, but again, this is not based on uh, verifiable scientific information. Uh, most other information that we viewed indicate that uh, the consumption uh, of cannabis during pregnancy mainly have the same results as that of alcohol and or tobacco. Um, if used uh, by a pregnant uh, woman. So the, I can provide the information that was obtained, but I did indicate that uh, the final finding is that it is incon inconclusive and further research needs to be undertaken in this regard. Um, regarding um, the fences under. Um, Before you proceed, uh, Mr. Robertson, there's a hand, Honorable Nibo Tarkhans, and Honorable Steve Swart, in that order. Um, thank you very much, Chair, and good morning to everyone, and good morning to Mr. Robertson. Um, I just want to know in the research that you have found, which is inconclusive, where is that from? Which countries is it from? Um, because I would like to know that if any of the researchers did any of the research in South Africa. So if you could just indicate where the researchers were, where it's from. Thank you. Thank you very much. Honorable Swart. Thank you, Chair. I hope you can hear me clearer. I've changed my device, but I do also. Um, want to ask about the research. Um, we know the Department of Health issued, when they made a presentation, they highlighted pregnancy as one of the concerns with the 
usage of cannabis. So I would ask you also to consult the Department of Health. And when you say that it seems to be the same as alcohol and tobacco, we are all aware of the fetal alcohol abuse syndrome. So I think that we, we to say it's inconclusive, I think we need to be very cautious when we are dealing with this issue. And similar to the other requests, I think we need more research done. And I would like a further consultation with the Department of Health on this issue. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Robertson. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairperson. Um, the information uh, or the articles that I refer to is mainly from foreign jurisdictions. Um, there is available or some of the information mainly relates to the United States. Uh, no uh, current research uh, could be obtained um, that specifically re relates to South Africa in this regard. Um, the big problem is, as indicated in the various uh, articles uh, to which I refer to, is to the extent that uh, cannabis has only recently been legalized uh, in that countries, and uh, no uh, specific scientific research were conducted in this regard. Um, and yes, we will consult further with the Department of Health uh, regarding this aspect. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Any further hands on this matter before we proceed? Mm -hmm. uh, you can proceed, uh, Mr. Robertson. Thank you, Mr. Chairperson. Um, the next amendment relates to paragraph B of subclause one. And uh, the main aim is to substitute uh, the expression possess uh, with cultivate. I think in the context of uh, the clause, it should be cultivate, namely that the child may assist with the cultivation of cannabis plants, which a guardian or child may lawfully cultivate. Uh, if we say possess, uh, it may uh, also refer to unlawful cultivation for person, or rather, let's just say unlawful cultivation, amongst others in a private place. So if we say lawfully cultivate, uh, it address uh, any concerns that, uh, or interpretational problems in this regard. Um, the next uh, uh, clause that is discussed relates to the penalties that may be imposed, and that's um, clause seven. Um, the first amendment is uh, a correction that is effect uh, to that clause. In a printed bill, it still refers to um, subclause one, and there's only one clause. Um, the options, option that is proposed um, is to lower the sentences which may be imposed, and that is in response to uh, the comment and responses which indicate that uh, uh, 
the conduct in respect of which penalties may be imposed is extremely harsh. So the option proposed uh, lowers uh, the penalty for a class A offense from 15 years to 10 years, class B offense from six years to five years, the class C offense from four years to two years, the class D offense um, from two years to 12 months. Uh, and obviously a court may, in respect of all this class's offenses, uh, decide not to impose imprisonment, but impose a fine, or a court can impose both such imprisonment and such fines. Uh, we were requested uh, to meet with uh, Justice Cameron, uh, regarding uh, his view that uh, imprisonment should not be imposed in respect of non-serious offenses. I must admit the department has not consulted with uh, Justice Cameron. Um, but obviously, and I did indicate previously, insofar as it relates to addiction offenses in any legislation. The department is in the process to finalize legislation, which will actually ensure that uh, imprisonment cannot be imposed in respect of a person that uh, abuse uh, any drug. And um, the type of conversion is proposed in terms of which the person um, should under certain circumstances be sent for rehabilitation in terms of applicable legislation. Uh, in terms of the South African law um, in general, uh, one of the principles of sentencing is that imprisonment should in most instances only be uh, mm. imposed as a last resort and uh, it has already been established that uh, the seriousness of offense uh, is one of the factors that can or should be taken into account when determining appropriate sentencing for a contravention in terms of legislation. Uh, and obviously, there are certain factors that needs to be taken that needs to be taken into account to determine the appropriate sentence. Uh, and that's amongst others, and it includes uh, the circumstances of the uh, relevant person that was convicted of an offense, and also uh, the perceptions of society, and uh, also the seriousness of the offense, and to what extent uh, the, uh, the offence affect society as a whole. I don't think uh, we've got a problem with that. The only problem is we did not consult with Justice Cameron. And that was my idea to the fact that I was unavailable for a certain period of time. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, any comments, members? Swart, Your Chair. No, thank you. I think um, that the reduction in some of these sentences is to be supported. I would just like to ask 
whether restorative justice provisions would apply. We know that the Helen case for children, it, it's, it, the court said it may not apply, but the NPA still has that inherent um, or jurisdiction to apply restorative justice, but that will supply with some of the more minor offences. Did you hear that, Mr. Robertson? I was talking to here. Mr. Chairperson, I heard something about the LM judgment um, and uh, uh, the National Prosecuting Authority still support. Uh, and then it's, I, I didn't hear anything else. Sorry, um, restorative justice processes, if possible. Right. Thank you, Mr. Swart. Um, regarding the LM and three others uh, judgment, um, the court found that Section 4B of the Drug and Drug Trafficking Act is unconstitutional to the extent that it creates, uh, or rather is unconstitutional as a result of the Prince judgment, uh, who excludes children um, from uh, the read-in. Um, and that's the basis on which uh, Section 4B uh, and the cannabis legal dispensation emanating from the Prince judgment. Um, Mr. Robertson? Um, to minors. Um, I did indicate previously during our discussions of the bill that various offenses um, in the bill only pertain to an adult person and does not apply to any children. However, in respect of more serious offenses and especially um, the smoking or consumption offenses, and uh, it, the provisions of the bill still applies to children. Amendments to the Child Justice um, Act is affected in the schedule to the bill to reflect that uh, uh, the offenses in the bill that provides or criminalizes the conduct of any person, um, if it applies to a child, should further be dealt with in terms of the amendment to Schedule 1 uh, of the Child Justice Act. And that's mainly the offences in Sections 3, 6, 7, and 9, 5, 7, and 5 of the Cannabis Bill, uh, which is uh, catered for in this provision. And um, that is inserted in Schedule 1 uh, of the Child Justice Act. The effect thereof is that... Uh, uh, a bit, uh, or a, a child cannot be arrested, um, he cannot be incarcerated, and other measures uh, to deal with the child other than incarceration will apply in respect of a child. Obviously, in respect of the more serious type of offenses like dealing in cannabis, um, it is still applicable to a child under the Child Justice Act. Uh, and um, no amendments were further affected to the schedule. And 
the conduct specified in Schedules 2 and 3 of the Child Justice Act will then apply to the more serious offences like dealing in cannabis. Uh, the LM judgment has non, not been certified yet by the Constitutional Court. Um, we did uh, prepare submissions um, in that regard. Uh, and it is submitted and is currently um, being dealt with by the constitution. Justice in a regulatory environment, um, restorative justice is difficult um, since it criminalized non-compliance with the standard in this regard that is set. And the standard aims to create or restrict uh, the access to cannabis or the arms that may be conducted uh, in respect uh, of another person through a contravention of the regulatory measures. Um, my submission is that uh, the bill cannot provide for restorative justice in this regard. Um, and that is probably as far as I can take it. Thank you. Thank you. Proceed. Thank you, Mr. Chairperson. The next clause deals with the expungement of criminal records um, convicted of possession and use of cannabis offenses. Um, during the submissions, there were uh, proposals that we should consider um, persons that were convicted of dealing in cannabis on the basis of a presumption uh, and uh, the amendments to this clause mainly relates we we'll try to deal with expansion of uh, conviction in dealing cannabis under a presumption. I can refer the committee to, amongst others, Section 21 of the current, which, uh, amongst others, as was pointed out by the commentator, containing a presumption that if a person possesses more than 115 grams of cannabis, um, it shall be deemed, or rather presumed, until the contrary is proved that such an accused dealt in such dacha or drug. Um, Section 21A1 uh, is not the only presumption uh, in a cannabis or in the Drugs Act that uh, provides for a dreamed provision of dealing in. I can refer, amongst others, to Section 21A3, Although not relevant to Dacha, uh, it is to the same extent that uh, there is a deemed in, of dealing in uh, a drug. There's also Section 21 1B and C of the Drug, and drug Trafficking Act that is relevant um, to cannabis. And that relates where 
cannabis is found on cultivated land or where uh, there was conveyance of cannabis, uh, the person on that land or the person that conveyed or was in such a vehicle that conveyed cannabis uh, is presumed to have dealt in cannabis unless the contrary is proved by the accused. Um, these provisions were declared unconstitutional by the Constitutional Court. In the discussion, I do refer to uh, the cases in which it was dealt with. So it's, there's probably a need to also cater uh, for such offences. One of such offences, amongst others, uh, relates to a drug where a person is within a specified uh, place from a, a school. Um, the amendments uh, did require a renumbering of the clause. The current subclause one deals with the same aspects uh, that is in the current printing bill, printed bill. Clause two, or rather subclause two, deals with the, the exemption of uh, or expungement of a criminal record. Uh, in respect of a uh, presumption, and that uh, relates, amongst others, to um, previous, the previous abuse of the Penance Producing Substance and Rehabilitations Act and Drug and Drug Trafficking Act, and uh, also similar legislation in uh, self-governing territories before the uh, Constitution took effect. Uh, and uh, it does not provide for automatic expungement of a criminal record. Uh, a person must apply to have his criminal record uh, expunged. Um, and uh, there is also a criteria that is prescribed on which basis uh, expungement must be uh, granted in this regard. Um, and that is mainly uh, to the effect that uh, there must be indication that uh, the person was in the circumstances uh, convicted of dealing in cannabis on the basis of the unconstitutional uh, presumption um, that is contained in the Drug and Drug Trafficking Act. Um, and that is contained in paragraph B. And the remainder of the clause mainly relates, uh, stays the same. We also do address uh, a comment that was provided uh, by a commentator to the effect that uh, in the current or the numbered clause C, uh, the word applicant uh, should be substituted with a person. And uh, we do give effect to that comment and response. Thank you. That's it. Uh, clause 9 deals with uh, regulations to be issued in terms of uh, uh, this bill. 
paragraph F is amended uh, to, amongst others, provide for uh, a renumbering or a, a reference to the current clauses uh, in clause 8 after the amendment. Um, that applies to paragraph F, G, and H. Uh, another amendment to this clause relates to um, the self-medication proposal that was made, and it provides for uh, regulations to prescribe the form and content of the certificate, certifying that a person requires palliation or has a certain disease. Um, the appeal amendment, the remainder of uh, the amendments relates to the schedules of the Act, or of the bill rather. Um, going to deal with uh, Schedule 3, and that uh, relates to prescribed quantities. I did indicate previously that we're not going to allow sharing between adult persons of a flowering cannabis plant. So the first amendment relates to um, paragraph E of that schedule, which now prescribes uh, the quantity or class of two immature cannabis plants that may be shared into say between adult persons. Um, also, with regard to paragraph G of uh, Schedule 3, that relates to section 235. Um, amendment is proposed to the effect. The no um, firing cannabis plants may interstate be shared uh, between adults and be uh, restricted to two immature cannabis plants. Schedule 4 uh, has been amended uh, to, amongst others, uh, provide for a higher quantity if we deal with uh, commercial quantities. And uh, the first amendment relates to the quantity that is required, uh, or rather it's referred to in section 31C. Uh, and that is uh, the cultivation in a private place um, of a commercial quantity of cannabis plants. It has been increased to 10 flowering cannabis plants. I know it was only nine, uh, but we cannot make a substantial change in this regard uh, since it will amount to 20 non-flowering cannabis plants, but it is increased to 10 flowering cannabis plants. Uh, the commercial quantity, uh, rather in respect of uh, Sorry, can I just, um, in respect of um, two, uh, uh, the amount is again extended to 20 flowering cannabis plants uh, or a cannabis plant equivalent, which uh, amounts to uh, 40 non-flowering cannabis plants. Uh, 
in respect of Section 34B, um, that relates to the sharing between adults, the trafficable quantity of six immature cannabis plants is now prescribed. Again, no flowering cannabis plants uh, can be exchanged. Uh, and so the commercial quantity is increased uh, to 15 immature cannabis plants. Um, due to the fact that uh, we uh, exclude immature cannabis plants from this provision, um, they submitted that uh, we can substantially increase um, the so-called trafficable quantity or commercial quantity in respect of non-flowering cannabis plants. So paragraph A to D mainly provides for that. Uh, paragraph E of that paragraph, uh, or rather that's Schedule 4, um, relates to conduct that's prescribed in uh, Section 35B. And uh, that relates to possession in a public place. Um, currently, uh, it provides for two flowering cannabis plants or equivalent. It's increased to six immature cannabis plants. Uh, in relation to a commercial quantity, again, omitted uh, amount of 15 immature cannabis plants is prescribed. In respect of uh, section 36A2 and 3, um, that uh, deals amongst others with Uh, Mr. Robertson? Mr. Robertson is still there? Mr. Secretary, can you phone him? Hello? Hello, Mr. Robertson? Sorry. Uh, can you hear me, Mr. Chairperson? Yes, we can hear you. We lost you for some time. Uh, sorry. Um, that relates... Okay, I'm currently at uh, a new insertions as a result of the proposed um, clause 36, uh, which um, regulates uh, cultivation offenses, and uh, the amendments to 36 that were affected or proposed um, relates to the dealing in uh, cannabis plants. Um, and uh, we do propose that. Uh, an limitation in respect of a trafficable quantity of six immature cannabis plants be inserted here. And uh, in respect of a commercial quantity, 15 immature cannabis plants. I must point out that uh, any person who deals in a flowering cannabis plant um, 
is guilty of a Class A offence. That remains. Uh, regarding the cannabis offences, there is no amendments to the schedule. I did indicate previously, uh, in respect of uh, medicinal use, um, we probably need, or rather the quantities still need to be inserted in the schedule um, to cater for that. And uh, that will be done uh, when the bill is submitted uh, again after this to the committee. Schedule 5, there's no amendments there too. Uh, and I did discuss uh, the amendment to the Child Justice Act. That, to a large extent, uh, includes the discussion of proposed options to the current bill. Uh, previously, uh, we were asked to address the committee uh, on certain questions that were posed uh, during the discussion of the comments and responses. Uh, the question will ask uh, that we should clarify the expungement of criminal records of persons uh, that was previously convicted of possession of cannabis. And uh, it was asked whether there is a process currently in place um, to expunge criminal records uh, for the use and possession of cannabis pending the finalization of this bill. Obviously, there is provisions in the Criminal Procedure Act that uh, do provide for expungement of a criminal record of a person. Um, it provides that the 10 years period must be must uh, expire, and then a person can make application that his criminal record be expunged. But currently, there's no other provision in any other law that could be used or can be used to expunge criminal records of persons it has been uh, found guilty of an offence involving the use and possession of cannabis. The bill is an enabler to the expungement of criminal records. Uh, question would raise, what would happen if a person is found in possession of cannabis um, during a roadblock? Um, obviously, uh, the person... Uh, firstly, if it's possession in private, the offence uh, of possession uh, of cannabis in a place um, that is a public place and which is not uh, concealed for public view will not apply. There's provisions in the bill that provide that if you transport cannabis, uh, certain Measures needs to be taken, it needs to be prescribed by regulation, uh, amongst others that it must be stored uh, in a certain container. Uh, but if a person is found in possession of cannabis uh, while he's uh, in a motor vehicle, um, he will probably commit that offence. Uh, and uh, the transportation requirements uh, relating to cannabis um, is mainly provided for uh, in uh, 
subsection 6, not a person that does not comply with requirements or standards of transportation is guilty of an offence. So if a person is found in possession of, uh, let's say, five grams of cannabis in his pocket, he will commit an offence. Uh, there was reference to the open 2 THC level in the production. I did indicate previously that the bill currently leaves it open uh, for other legislation to prescribe uh, what the quantity should be in respect of him. Um, I hope I did address everything else. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Robertson. And members, are there any comments after having had the whole presentation about the bill? The responses to the bill? Ms. Honorable Engelbach, followed by Honorable Swart. Honorable uh, Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, I, I apologize. I, I have no desire to, to take the deliberation backwards, um, but from my perspective, um, I think there might be a problem in terms of the definition of THC and CBD compounds contained in cannabis, um, because I think this bill might have a contradiction with existing law, and I do not see anything dealing with that in this particular bill. Um, and, and the law of interest here is obviously the Medicines and the Related Substance Act of 1965. So I don't want to go and belabor the point with details pertaining to THC and CBD. Um, but I, I think that um, should this bill go forward and the relevant sections in the med Medicines and the Related Substances Act um, stay in place, there's obviously a conflict in law. Um, so I, I don't know, um, shouldn't this, uh, those particular sections be repealed before this bill takes into effect, or shouldn't this bill here deal with those specific contradictions in law and how to deal with them should and when these arise? Um, thank you, Mr. Chair. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Engelbach, Honorable Sorat. Very briefly, I appreciate the hard work that's been gone into this so far. Obviously, from our perspective, we still have serious con concerns, particularly as highlighted by the health department that we don't think have been properly addressed yet. It is a concern and we will engage further uh, to try to improve the bill, but you, our, our concerns and objections are on record. So we look forward to for further deliberations. Thank you, Jim. Thank you very much. Uh, any further? And Mr. Robertson, can you respond to Honorable Engelbach? Uh, thank you, Mr. Jefferson. Um, I did refer previously uh, to the amendments to Schedule 6 of the Medicines Act, uh, which actually removed cannabis from Schedule, or rather THC, from Schedule 7 of the Medicines Act to Schedule 6, and to then specify um, 
what is included in uh, Schedule 6 of that bill. Um, the concern that we raised uh, is probably in relation to um, the definition of a cannabis product. We indicate that uh, cannabis product contains uh, THC and CBD. Uh, but uh, I must point out that the applicability thereof is already qualified by subclause 1.2, uh, which specified that the provisions of this act do not apply to any person who is permitted or authorized uh, in terms of any other act of parliament to do whatever um, or cultivate cannabis plants. Um, so from a commercial perspective, if we uh, approach it from uh, the perspective of uh, the distribution of medical or medicines that contain those elements, this already uh, dealt with in terms of uh, um, subclause 2. Uh, other than that, uh, one must remember that the Medicines Act has a limited application and that uh, Schedule 6 mainly relates to Section 22A. If I can remember correctly, of the Medicines Act, which, uh, amongst others, provide that uh, the person right uh, certain medicines into ten regulates rather can only possess uh, medicine under influence of the Medicines Act if he was issued with uh, uh, a prescription by a medical practitioner. Uh, my submission is that there is possibly not a conflict in this regard between the two pieces of legislation. And this, uh, it can be argued that uh, a person may be prosecuted for offence to the extent that he is in possession of, let's say, CBD in excess of the quantity prescribed in the Schedule to the Medicines Act, and that he therefore commit offence um, as specified in the Medicines Act. Obviously, each and every law is subject to uh, qualifications that is in other legislation. Um, the Medicines Act relates to the distribution and prescription of medicine. Um, and to the extent that uh, it's not medicine, a person who possess or just or rather possess cannabis or a CBD product in terms of this act uh, will not per se commit an offense in terms of the Medicines Act. Uh, so that is uh, a possible manner in how it can be approached, uh, but we will again consider uh, the provisions of the Medicines Act in relation uh, to the bill. One must also take into account that uh, 
uh, even in terms of the Medicines Act, Schedule 6, um, it already provides or excludes cannabis for private use that is possessed by a sorry, uh, adult person in terms of the Constitutional Court judgment. So that per se may create uh, a conflict in that legislation itself. Thank you. Thank you very much. Members, I would uh, need your guidance. One, um, we had scheduled this briefing to last for two days, that is today and tomorrow. So we need to discuss because um, I think we have done um, everything except the issue that we agreed that we will not deal with, that is the issue of the exemptions. But we have gone through the bill, all of it. So I would need to be guided as to what, what we should do tomorrow. Because I think for now, Mr. Robert says it's done. I think that is one issue. Secondly, um, my understanding of the discussion is that uh, one, we are going to um, we are going to adopt this as a working document for our discussions uh, on the eighth and 9th of March. Uh, with the options that have been provided uh, in the document. Uh, we're not adopting the bill, we're just adopting the document as our working document uh, that will guide our discussions. Uh, that some work has already been put into this document. So we, we, we were going to um, uh, take this document as our working document for the next uh, few days. Uh, when we when we deliberate as the committee. Um, now, can I, uh, firstly, do we agree that we adopted this as, a working do as our working document for the for, to guide us for the purposes of deliberations? Agree, Chair. Uh, thank you very yes, much. No thank you very much. Secondly, uh, that uh, Mr. Roberts said uh, you need to and um, um, uh, do further research on that issue of 18 and 21, and consult with the Department of Health, also consult with uh, Judge Cameron, uh, and ensure that by the 9th, uh, by the 9th, in fact, by the 8th of March, you have already concluded your engagements with the Rastafarian community on the exemptions. Is that our understanding, members? Yes, Jay. Thank you very much. Um, I think um, now, can I be guided for tomorrow? Um, what should we do? Uh, because we are done. Um, I was going to suggest if uh, members um, would be comfortable that tomorrow we don't proceed with the bill because we are, I think we are comfortably uh, have comfortably covered the bill. Uh, that uh, the the research unit and the committee secretariat prepare that consolidated report of the oversight uh, to both uh, inland provinces and coastal provinces. 
that uh, tomorrow we deal with the report. That is, the, they will present the report of the oversight and we process the report uh, tomorrow. How is that, members? Absolutely fine. Thank you. Yes, if, if, if the reports are ready, yes, Chair. Thank you. Yes, yes. And in fact, it's a, a, a researchers, committee secretariat, are you ready with the reports? Bonani? Um, yes, good day, Chair. Yes, the, the, the drafts are ready, Chairperson. We just need oh, to consolidate them. We'll send them out, uh, I think, later on today. And then, uh, then to, tomorrow, people are going to do presentations. Yes, thank you. No, thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much, members. Thank you, Mr. Roberts, for the for the work that we have done. Um, and continue doing the good work. Uh, we will meet you on the eighth of March. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairperson. Just a question: uh, the commercialization proposal. Can I scrap it from the bill? If not, uh, have some guidance. What about it? Uh, I did indicate that uh, enabling provision may be inserted in the bill to regulate this. If uh, there's no need to continue with this, and obviously I don't need to draft uh, uh, amendments to accommodate that. I think it's a question that was raised by Honorable Horn. Um, can I suggest that we don't take it out for now? That uh, maybe we discuss it further when we deliberate on the 8th. Then we can take it from there. Thank you, Mr. Jabison. Is that in order, members? I support that, Chair. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, uh, members, for, 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 for your inputs. And thank you to everybody who is on the virtual platform and those who are watching us from home. Thank you very much to the department, Mr. Robertson, for, for the hard work. And thank you for the people who, have, who continue to enrich the process through their input, their inputs. And let's meet on the 8th of March for the bill, for the purposes of the bill. But the committee is proceeding tomorrow to deal with the, the oversight reports and other internal matters. Uh, just my apologies. I'll be in the lockup for the uh, budget tomorrow, so please note my apologies. Thank you. Okay. Okay, no, no, that's fine. Um, uh, Honorable Janji, tomorrow are you in the section 1694 uh, or you will be part of the meeting? No, I'm here. We're doing it this afternoon. Okay. No, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Honorable Chancellor. No, thank you very much, members. The meeting is adjourned. Thank you. Thank you. Recording stopped.